It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all away. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, we have three guests lined up for today, at least two that I know of. We, One we were, may call in. Well, we were supposed to have Sal on yesterday. He couldn't quite fit us in. I think he's going to fit us in today. I think he's going to fit us in very soon, as a matter of fact. This Sal, should, be, our, this should it, be like a running gimmick. Like how uh, Jimmy Kimmel at right. the end of every show Matt says, Damon. Matt Damon tomorrow. We're going to have Sal on at some point. Sal's Sal coming on at some in. point. Uh, Sal may call in in about 15 minutes. So we're hoping to hear from uh, my former co-host, our good friend, uh, Sal Manin, supposed to check in from Houston, Texas. Says he has some things to say. I know lacrosse season, obviously, starting this weekend. He's uh, he's coaching lacrosse down in Houston, so we'll have they to find out a, how that's going. They don't have big lacrosse talk on the radio down there? Uh, no. Um, and, as a matter of fact, in a word, no. I, I believe uh, he's... Basically, starting up the program at the the school that he's working for, or it's it's in the you know early stages of existence down there. So uh, yeah, not a lot of lacrosse talk uh, going down uh, going on down in Florida, but or in uh, not in Florida, Texas. Um, but we'll hear from Sal hopefully here in the next. Uh, 15, 20 minutes from now. Patrick Beeline, Lemoyne head coach, will join us at 145. And uh, Connor O'Neill, 115, uh, the Wake Forest basketball beat writer for the Winston-Salem Journal. And and Seth, I, I know that I hate the term must win, especially when it's, it's not truly a must win. Like if Syracuse loses this game, they can still get to the NCAA tournament, obviously. A lot of opportunities left, a lot of basketball still to be played. This is a must-win, though. I mean, an NCAA tournament team does not lose to Wake Forest at no, home. No, So, just for nothing else other than, like, the principle of this, um, they need to go out and they, they need to win. I mean, Wake Forest is 2-10 in conference play. The two wins came over Syracuse and Florida State, both at home. They have not won on the road in conference play. They're 9-15 and overall. Yeah, they've played a lot of close games. Seven of those ten losses in the league have come by ten points or less. Um... An NCAA tournament team wins this game. You don't get swept by Wake Forest. NCAA tournament teams don't get swept by Wake Forest. They win this game at home. And, oh, by the way, it's important because it's probably your easiest game left on the schedule. I'm, you know what? I'm going to take the, I was gonna I'm gonna say, take the Seth, probably off of probably. that. Don't say probably. There's it no is, doubt that it, it is. It is the easiest game left on your schedule. And it's so obvious, uh, you know, looking ahead. The NC State game became difficult, right? It became more difficult than we thought it would have been at the beginning of the year. So that's going to be a challenge. Uh, these games against North Carolina and Duke and Miami and, and Clemson, you know those are going to be difficult. So you have to win the games that you can and the games that are easy wins for you. And that's Sunday. You have to take advantage of an opportunity to win a game that you know you can win or, or that you know you're better than the team on the other side of the court. You've got to take advantage of that because there's not going to be another time this year where I can say definitively Syracuse is better than the team on the other sideline. And after Sunday, you're playing four NCAA tournament teams in a row. And again, I, I think NC State right now, and if you look at the well, latest bracketology, in a row, BC's not oh, yeah, a tournament BC's team. BC's in there, sorry. Um, you play five of six, but the next four games are against NCAA tournament teams. You've got NC State, 
You're at Miami. You're home for Carolina. I forgot you're about at that Duke. Game. And then there's BC sandwiched in the middle there. I forgot about the Boston College game. How could you forget about BC on the road? I, I think I think people in Boston forget I'm that kidding. BC is there. I'm kidding. Um, so you have four tournament teams in a row, and if you look at the latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi, released uh, his latest bracketology last night, Syracuse not in the tournament. Uh, those four are Clemson is Clemson's a three seed going by his bracketology. The, the computers love Clemson. Clemson's very high in the RPI. Yeah, uh, Clemson right now is in second place in the ACC conference. Duke going down last night to North Carolina. I know you had a chance to to watch the game, as did I uh, last night. Duke scores a lot of points, put up 49 in the first half. NC or North Carolina rather was able to close the gap. It was a double-digit deficit, closed the gap to four right before the half. And then UNC just outplayed them in the second half, took care of the basketball. They had a grand total of two turnovers the entire game, hit a lot of threes, 11 threes on the night for, for North Carolina. Duke went cold to some degree in the second half, and uh, and Carolina gets the win. And so now Clemson has become the – the second-place team in the ACC Conference behind Virginia, who continues to run away with the league. Yeah, those two teams are really good. Uh, not that Clemson isn't, but Duke and Carolina are really good. Um, and, and I thought that at some point here, Carolina would really figure it out and really get going, and, and maybe last night was a step in that direction. They had four players with more than 15 points, um, and that's with Theo Pinson doing not a lot offensively. Have you ever seen a team in a, in a game that was that fast-paced commit two turnovers? No! No, I can't believe that happened. Uh, and and one of them was Theo Pinson trying to dunk and just throwing the ball out of bounds instead. Did you see that play yes. towards the end? He went up for like the exclamation point punctuating you know dunk over Marvin Bagley and ended up just missing everything and throwing it over the rim out of bounds. Uh, but like I, I don't, I thought that team would come together. It seems like they have. Cam Johnson's been playing a lot better as of late. Uh, Williams at six, uh, Kenny Williams at six threes last night. Um, I think they got dragged into a, a Duke game a little bit. Like, I think that typically UNC will play a little bit more defense than they did last night. Like, not much, but like a little bit more. Uh, Duke plays no defense, right? They, they play absolutely no defense. We know that. And we saw that last night. And I think Carolina got dragged into that knowing that, hey, we're playing well tonight. We could win this game on our floor playing that way. Um, those are both going to be really challenging for Syracuse. Is no Syracuse's doubt. defense going to be able to hold either of those teams down? I know they're not outscoring either of them. Are well, they going to be able to hold them down? And you said that UNC got dragged into that game. I think they, they got dragged into the game in the first half, right? Duke came out hot. Duke built that double-digit lead, and Carolina was forced to to try and match them, you know, shot for shot and basket for basket, and they closed the gap. You look at the second half, though, that was more of North Carolina basketball in the second half. Duke was held to sure. 29 points. Yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, second lowest point total in a half this season for Duke. So, that was more of a of a UNC second half. It was more of a Duke first half, but it was a, a fantastic game. Carolina ends up winning it uh, by four, and you know, had they lost, they would have fallen back to six and six. And you know, Syracuse could have tied them in the conference standings on Sunday with a win over Wake Forest, but instead, uh, Carolina moves to seven and five, and, and Duke drops to seven and four. Clemson now with three losses in the league is in second place, and uh, and Virginia has this thing all but locked up. Uh, the Cavaliers continue uh, to be undefeated in conference play. They've got Virginia Tech this weekend, and assuming they take care of business against the Hokies, the Cavs will be the number one team yeah. in the country come Monday. And look, they deserve it. We've said this for a couple weeks now. That's the number one team in the country. That is the best team in the country. 
uh, go handle business and beat your in-state rival, and and you've got it. Can you believe this? They were unranked at the beginning of the year. Now they're going to be the number one team in the country. Well, I, I believe it because I know that to be true, but... They were unranked Shame on at the, the voters, of the year. right? Shame on the voters for having Virginia on the outside of the top 25. Now, I don't think anybody could have expected this, and you look at what they lost, but I think you've got to believe in that program, right? And maybe yes. not, not so much in the names on the back of the jersey, but the names on the front and, and Virginia being on the front. I think you got to start believing in the program. Much like Duke and Carolina, they get the benefit of the doubt at the beginning of the year. I think Carolina in particular, they were yes. a top 10 team. They did not look like a top 10 team, maybe until last night. Um, Virginia needs to be given um, the benefit of the doubt, I think, moving I forward, think at least for the on, time yeah. being. Uh, because, yeah, they go from being unranked to they are the best team in the country uh, right now. Certainly one of four or five that I think you would consider favorites heading into the NCAA tournament. 315-437-7644 to the phone lines we go. Scooter in Jamesville kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Scooter. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm glad you made it talk to Sale. The last thing I remember of Sale, I thought it was kind of cruel that uh, when, you, when you had that UNC uh, 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 Greensboro game canceled, you stuck him in a snowbank for two hours in front of an empty carrier dome. <laughs> I said, I said, a guy from Houston, I go, that's the last draw. The last my, I remember seeing him on Channel 9. So I know that's the reason why he, he went back to Houston, of course. But I just remember him looking, looking a little bit like, you know, you couldn't stick him in front of a green screen or nothing like that. And he's scooter. in front of the carrier dome or something. You had to stick him in the snowbank. Funny thing about that, Scooter, he obviously has not forgotten because, as you know, we got pummeled with this snowstorm earlier this week. And so, sure enough, he uh, sends a text message to Mario Sacco, who's now our, our weekend sports guy. As you know, Sal was working weekends before. And he texted Mario and he said, So, do they have you out in a snowbank covering weather today? So, he has not forgotten. He might, he might still be bitter about that. You might be right. <laughs> I just, you know, he just looked so uncomfortable, you know. That I actually graduated with. Uh, I think, I think he's still your news director, Jimmy Capagnum. Oh yeah, up at sure. Eagle. And uh, actually, Jimmy's a great hockey announcer. I thought maybe that's where he would, he would have gone. I, I was going to put in a good word for him if Taylor gets stuck out there again. Because <laughs> I just felt bad for him, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, he just looked uncomfortable. It was actually a two-hour hit, wasn't it? Wasn't oh yeah. Well, I, he was, he was able to. For two hours. He could stay warm in the truck for a little while, so it wasn't. He wasn't too. He wasn't outside two hours straight. You have no. You have no sympathy for Sal standing outside. No, I don't. <laughs> And then, you, and then of course the big fight. Who's going to do the uh, the yellow shoe game down there? That was that was kind of funny. Who because he was trying to you know go down there. And of course that's when he, he went back to Houston. So right. he was actually closer than anybody else to go in the LSU Syracuse football yeah. game. No, you're right. You're right. And we uh, we keep in touch quite a bit. And yeah, we're looking forward to to catching up with him here in a few minutes. Just out of curiosity, guys. I mean, the, the big question is you know we're down to six players, right? Yes. But theoretically, if we had a healthy eight, how many how many players is Coach Payheim playing on a regular basis? Seven? Yeah, I think seven. I don't know how much we'd see Howard Washington other than in emergencies. And, and I think he's a great kid, and I think he's going to you know develop into a solid player for this program. But I'm not sure they miss Howard that much right now. I do think they miss Barama. And you know his status is, is up in the air. And we heard what Jerry said yesterday about they're trying to manage his minutes and manage his soreness and, and try and get him healthy enough to, to contribute. Um, if it is six, I think that's... 
it's obviously less than you would like because you have no margin for error, Seth. If there's foul trouble, you have no choice but to play through it. If somebody twists right. an ankle, well, we saw you that have in, no options. We saw that in the Louisville right. game, right? I mean, hey, you and they guys, got away with it against oh, Louisville. Yes, yes, obviously. But, you're, you know, you but look hey, at the, you the Florida State game. Trouble. Florida State game goes into double overtime. You lose three guys with fouls. I mean, if that happens to this team, Adrian Archer Jr. I was going to say they're deep into the walk-ons at that point. Uh, yeah, no, we, we saw that in the Louisville game. I mean, everybody got into foul trouble, and it took, uh, I think it took quite an effort in the second half for only one person to fall out, uh, foul out. Like, I thought that was remarkable. I, I couldn't believe that only one player fouled out after the first half that SU had. And, you know, we, you, you, you could say you feel confident that Braden Bayer will go in and, and play well, but he went in for a minute at the end of the first half. He traveled on an open three attempt and then backed off the man to let him hit a 40-footer in his face. So, you know, uh, you you could say you're confident in him playing all you want, uh, but that's the only minute he's played this year, right? You know, he he played one against Florida State, but that's the only minute he's played since Howard Washington went down a couple weeks ago. So you obviously don't feel that comfortable putting him Well, in. and again, you're not going to take Ty's battle of Frank Howard off the floor. Oh, I again, understand that. He, it, was, it was hard for Howard Washington to, to yes. you know crack the lineup and, and get into the game. So you're going to leave those two guys out there, by and large, um, unless, again, there's foul trouble or maybe you can get him a minute before the half or you know whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to miss Barama, not just because of his size and the fact that you know he's another healthy body. I think you miss Barama because he's a pretty good player. I mean, you saw what he did on the road at Pittsburgh. When he was rested, he had you know sat out for essentially nine days leading up to that game, and he was he was fantastic. He won them that Pittsburgh game, so I think you miss Barama for a number of reasons. You know, yeah, he's a healthy body. You know, if he was healthy, uh, he would. He's he would also contribute been very way. good when he's, he's played. Right, that's my for point. The most part. Is that you you miss. You need quality players, right? And he is a quality player, and you you would obviously love to have him out there. And you could have that two-headed monster of him and Pascal Chuku. And, you know, on the positive side, Merrick Dolezal's come in. He's done a nice job in the center position when he's had to play that position, but that is that is not ideal. Like, that is, you don't necessarily want him there. You can get away with him there, you know, here and, and there. you probably can't get away with him there against everybody. Right. Reed Duke in two weeks. Or North Carolina. Or North Carolina. Well... Maybe they've got some beef down low. Yeah, but and, and but he they, struggles with physical go, teams. North Carolina will go four guards a they, lot. They've got some big guys. They though. do, they do, but more so. I, I'm looking at Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley yeah. as two seven footers. Right. How are you going to handle Bagley? Yeah. Right. I and, mean, that's a fair yeah. point. You're not going to be able to do that against everybody. No. Um, but to his credit, he's he's done a nice job here and there. You you would love to have Barama Sadibe, and if you did, like if he could somehow get healthy. And this team, you know, this team obviously is good defensively, and and they start to find themselves a little bit offensively, and we see a little bit more of the BC game and the Louisville game opposed to the Georgia Tech game and the and the Virginia game. Yeah, this team could could make some noise, um, but with six guys, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, there is there is literally no margin for error when you've only got six guys. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We're going to take a timeout. We hope to hear. From Salmonine on the other side. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. A three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! 
the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Phone lines are open at 315-437-7644. We've got Connor O'Neill. He's the Wake Forest basketball writer for the Winston-Salem Journal, set to join us here in about 10, 15 minutes from now as we look ahead to this matchup with the Demon Deacons on Sunday. And and as I said at the top of the show, I hate the term must-win when it's not truly a must-win just on principle, this is a must-win for Syracuse. You are not an NCAA tournament team if you get swept by the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wake Forest no, has a total of two conference wins, one of them against Syracuse. They did beat Florida State. Both of them are at home. Now, they've although played they, a lot of close games. Although if Wake Forest beats you, that loss, at, that, that loss <laughs> down at Wake doesn't look as bad. You keep going back to that, and it's true. Their RPI will rise, and maybe it's not a bad loss anymore. It's a bad loss. They're 2-10. They would, they would be 3-10. and 10. Um, and they've played a lot of close games. Again, as I pointed out, seven of their ten losses in the league have come by ten points or less. One of those happened to be against Virginia. They have played close games against good teams, but there is a, a fine line between playing close games and winning games, as we've seen with Syracuse, right? Um, after that game on Monday, and, and I know that you were on the verge of, of checking out on this yeah. team and turning the page, and they reeled you back in at the last second with that win over Louisville. How confident are you in this next week? And I know you think they're going to beat Wake. I think they're going to beat Wake. I'm going to throw the NC State game into that as well. I think they're going to beat both. I think they're going to win both games. Um, I, I do. Uh, I don't know why I think they'll be able to beat NC State because NC State has gone and, and played some really good games. Uh, but I think that this team, you know, tends to play better at home, even though they just played arguably their best game of the season and it was on the road. But I think this team tends to play better on the at, on their home court. Uh, I think they've got enough there defensively that they that, look. They'll certainly win Sunday, right? Like I, I'm not all that concerned about Sunday. That that game they should win, they, and I think they will. And I think Wednesday, like I, I think that's another game that Syracuse very well could win. And if they win that game, and if they win Sunday, uh, then you're looking for two out of the last five. Well, you just said right there they could win. Is there any game on the schedule you think they can't win? Um. I don't think they can win at Cameron. I just don't. Fair. Um, I, I think what and and I think UNC is going to be very difficult. And the only reason why I'm not going to say they can't win that is because it's here. Um, but I, I don't think that they can win at Cameron. Uh, watching that team, would you have said the same thing about Carolina if they lost last night? If Carolina was six and six in the conference, say they lost no, a close I, one to Duke, no, would you be but, saying the same no, thing? No, but the way that game was played, and you saw that yeah, you would Carolina that Carolina could play multiple different styles, like. At one point they ran and they they ran with Duke and then the other time they they slowed down they played really good defense right so they they can play either game I don't trust that Duke can and when push comes to shove Duke is going to play Duke basketball because their players are better than Syracuse's right so that game is going to turn into a Duke game uh, well, a Duke basketball game and it's not going to turn North into Carolina's a, players better too what than Duke's I mean no than SU's oh yeah. But they can dictate the pace. So I think that they would rather play the second half of that game, right, than the yes. first. And if they're going to sit here and play the second half of that game where they're holding a team to 30 points and they're scoring 37, that plays in Syracuse's hand a lot more than the first half that game does. True. So I, I think that the style difference and going down to Cameron makes that a game that Syracuse isn't going to win. I do get worried with 
physical teams, and North Carolina traditionally is a physical team. And we know that Duke, while they have a lot of talent, they can be physical. I mean, I don't know what Syracuse is going to do with Marvin Bagley. I mean, he is I don't know. a they, monster. They play two seven-footers. They play two seven-footers at almost all times. I, I don't know what they're going to do. They play Bagley. They play uh, Wendell Carter. They've got... Uh, Delorier coming off the bench. Like I don't know what they're. I don't know what Syracuse is going to do to defend that. That that's probably. I, I would agree with you. And when you say can you know, are there any games they can't win? I would be. That's the beyond one. shocked if they go to Cameron and, and win. But other and if than they that, do, and if they do, if they go to Cameron and win, they're in the tournament. Like right, like bar none. Well. Yeah. Again, if they lose the rest of their games, then no. But but if they win three and it's Wake Forest, NC State, and at Cameron, they're probably in. Yeah. I mean, that counts like, for a couple of wins. That gets you in. Yeah. yeah. That counts yeah. for a couple of wins. To win in that building against that team. Uh, Virginia, I think, would have had a, a similar effect because Virginia is so good. Um, and Syracuse came close in the first meeting. Again, you didn't really feel like they were going to win that game, but they gave them a run for their money until the final few minutes and then made that, that late flurry to make it respectable. They didn't have a chance uh, inside the dome. You can't shoot thirty three percent against that team and expect to to win or even be in the game down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, I look at the the remaining schedule. I think Syracuse could win any of these games. You're probably right, with the exception of Duke. But can we say they should beat Wake and NC State? And I know NC State's yes. beating some good teams, but yes, they're, they're they both should. here. And again, if you're a tournament team, you win those games at home. Those kinds of games, you win them at home. Now the rest. Are very much, you know, it would be great to have, you know, a win at Miami or, you know, a win at home against Clemson. I don't think you would, you're not expecting, well, Syracuse has to beat Clemson at home. I mean, Clemson right now is the second best team uh, in the conference, at least from a record perspective. Um, but I think you get NC State and Wake, that would make you seven and six in conference. You hope you win the, the BC game on the road. And then one of those other four, I don't think that's unreasonable. At Miami or Duke, no. uh, home against Carolina or Clemson, going to be tough. But think... can you can you do uh, you know against those four teams? Can you do it once? What you did against right. Louisville? Can you replicate that game once against one of those four teams? I think you can do it. That's all you need. That, that's all you need to do. You need to beat the teams that are at your level or under, right? In Wake, NC State, and BC, and and as difficult a game as it will be at Boston College. Uh, it falls into that category. And then you've got to beat one of those other four teams because you've already picked off one. You've already gotten one quadrant, one win in this stretch. You've got to pick up one more. I, I don't know what the easy one is there to get. Is it Miami? I, I have no idea. Is it UNC I think at of home? The four, I don't know. I think of the four, I'm not saying it's easy at but all. But it's probably I Miami. I think the most realistic, I'm, I think Clemson. I think that's the most really? realistic. Grantham's out. It's you know yeah, a home maybe. game. It's you know quote unquote senior day, which again, it's not like you're going to be honoring seniors. seniors. But there is a are they going to do anything? There is a fight. Well, there's the the jersey retirement. There is a no, fight. But are they going to do senior day? Uh, I'm sure walk ons and whatnot. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course they will. Um, you know, team managers, whoever's a senior, yeah, they're going to honor them and they, they're going to you know do the the retiring of the jersey um, and, and all that. There is a finality to playing your last game in the dome that I think you get an emotional edge from. So I think of the four. Again, not saying it's easy, but I think that's the most reasonable or the most likely, quote unquote, you know, of those four. But we do they, need to take a time out. They've got the best RPI right now, by the way, out of those four. Understood. Um, the computers love Clemson. Love them. Love the resume. Um, I think they're not better than Carolina. They're not better than Duke. 
They're probably on par with Miami, and that game happens to be in Syracuse. So I would say of the four, I think Clemson's the most likely. We do need to take a timeout. Got to get Connor O'Neill from the Winston-Salem Journal on with us. Quick break. We'll be back with Connor O'Neill after this.